4: Hello everybody, happy Tuesday, though it's more like a Wednesday here at the Giants practice facility, and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live, right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk, Lance Meadow with you, the phone number, and they're already ringing, (laughs) 201-939-4513, get on the horn, talk some Giants football with us. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar, new and improved, Zero never tasted so good. All right, Lance, uh, Howard and Paul did a good job covering that Giants-Vikings wild card matchup yesterday, so we'll use today to kind of talk about that game and reference it ahead to the matchup that is coming on Saturday night against the Philadelphia Eagles in Divisional Weekend. Three NFC East teams remaining, which means yep. we know at least one NFC East team is going to be in the NFC title game, maybe two. Who knows? We'll see. I think that Dallas Niner game is going to be a lot of fun. So here's where I'll start. The Giants, once again, Lance, and I'm happy we spent so much time last week breaking down that first matchup between the Vikings and Giants. Because this game was exactly the same. Yeah, a lot of similarities. It was exactly yeah. the same, except the Giants didn't make those critical mistakes we talked about that cost them the first game. No turnovers, no special teams gaffes in this game. They end up winning 31-24. to 24. And let's start with the offense. Again, Lance, a very pass-heavy attack. Saquon Barkley in the game, fewer than 10 carries. Daniel Jones actually had more design runs than Barkley did, believe it or not. He also scrambled a lot. But, again, a lot more dropbacks called than running plays in in the game, Lance. And, you know, it works. And I think this is kind of what I'm going to kind of struggle with this week a little bit and try to figure out. Is this approach and success with this approach – due to the Giants' opponents in the last three games? And will they continue this approach against a much better and different defense against in Philadelphia? We know the Vikings' defense literally is one of the worst units in football. 31st in yards, blah, blah, blah. And it showed. And it showed again, right? The middle of the field was wide open, crossing routes. You know, guys were wide open. Eagles are not that. So... How much of the Giants going to try to continue down this road that they've been on with the Vikings and the Colts and you know this passing offense has looked better than it has all year. You could argue these last three games have been three of the best in Daniel Jones's career. You know, probably three of its top ten games have been the last three weeks. How much of that is opponent based and how much of that is something you can repeat this week against Philly? Is much of a not even success necessarily, but approach against an Eagles defense that is far superior to anything the Vikings put out there.
3: Well, and that's why I think, to answer your question, I think it is based on the opposition. I think they saw weaknesses in terms of Minnesota's secondary and not as fierce of a pass rush that Philadelphia is going to present. John, they got four guys that have double-digit sacks.
4: Seventy! sacks yeah.
3: too shy of the nfl record which was set by the bears in 84 when they had 72 and we know any given one of those guys can set the tone in a game it could be a josh sweat game it could be a brandon graham yeah, and game it does look like sweats on reddit well I, and i would assume he would given the fact that he's a few weeks removed from that neck issue mm-hmm. and he was at least back at the facility thankfully it wasn't one of those things where he was hospitalized or anything like that so when you look at what the eagles defense showcases and presents I go back to, I think the Giants, if they want to continue to have success like this, they have to run the football.
4: I totally agree. You can't be in third and second along in this game. It's it's going to be death.
3: Bingo. Yeah. Well, death. the number that jumps out to me about the win against the Vikings, and we talked about this on the WFA and Giants Radio Network Post Game show, they were 7 of 13 on third down, John. And I'm a big proponent of breaking down the third downs, not just looking at the surface, seeing me, what they're guess, made
4: of. Only one of more than seven yards in the game. Is that the stat you're going to give?
3: Just two. Yeah. But one of them was a kneel down, which was third and 11. Oh, I, so, did, I,
4: yeah, I, I didn't yeah, okay, that one. not And by okay. the way— no, So you are right, then. Yes. It really was one. And the third and 13. Third and 11 third, and a third and 15. Right. It was a yeah. third and 15. So that's
3: the one to Darius Slayton. <laughs> that's where they should have converted it anyway, right Slayton
4: drops the ball. Which
3: was a convertible down. Right. So the point I'm making is 11 of your 13 downs that you faced on third down were for seven yards or less. Okay, well, why was that, John? I would say Daniel Jones is the runner— yeah. made a lot of manageable downs, and Barkley was able to benefit off of that. So And, if, and
4: the short, quick-passing game. On our 100%. Too, sure. Mm-hmm.
3: And they should continue to do that, because the short passing game is an extension of the run game. And that can work against Philly. Yeah. Game, so, so you know, I wouldn't be shying away from that, but this is not a game where you're looking for home runs against Darius Slay and James Bradbury yeah, like, or putting the ball up 40-some-odd times.
4: Those longer-developing plays on those deep over-routes that they continuously kept hitting Darius Slay on, it's going to exactly. be hard to protect long enough to connect on those types of plays against the Eagles pass rush. Yeah,
3: because the difference between Philadelphia and Minnesota is really night and day from the perspective of you have Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, and those are two very respected pass rushers. I'm not taking anything away from them. And by them, but, the way, both guys were in the backfield a decent amount. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Philadelphia has guys at the tackle position <laughs> that could sack as much as the guys yeah, on correct. the edge. So it's a different animal. They're cut from a very different cloth. It puts pressure on every yep. single one of your offensive linemen. That's why the run game and the short passing game is the best way to stay in manageable third downs and try to move the football methodically down the field.
4: Agreed. All right, so we're on the same page on the Giants' offense. Let's jump to the defensive side of the ball. I re that game on... What was day Tuesday so it was yesterday Monday and boy I knew he was good watching it live I didn't realize exactly how good he was until I rewatched the tape without Dexter Lawrence the Giants lose that football game period Kirk That's was stop. fantastic I mean Kirk Cousins played a great game he had Leonard Williams and by the way I shouldn't I don't know, Dexter was so good I don't want to shortchange Leonard Williams I thought he did a really good job getting in the backfield too but you know Dexter Lawrence was phenomenal I mean, he, especially on that last drive in the fourth quarter, Lance, on a couple of plays... Open players all over the place. And if Kirk Cousins had a couple more seconds, I shouldn't say all over the place. One, it was a zone. There were a couple guys open in the middle of the field. The other, he could have gotten KJ Osborne. I wasn't sure if it was the third or fourth down. I think it was I the fourth down. I believe it was down. the fourth down, the fourth and eight. He, he yeah. was coming across the yep. field and he probably could have gotten He had him a on second or two
3: more. He probably could have got it. Absolutely.
4: Or at but De- least taken a shot at it. But him. Dexter yeah. Lawrence was there and he couldn't pivot back to the left. In fact, Kirk Cousins said in his post game presser that, look, he was in my face. I had to get rid of the ball. I didn't have time to, to hold it. And he's not a mobile quarterback, obviously. So you know, and even on the on the play that flop knocked the ball away, Cousins couldn't completely step into that throw because it was either Dexter or Leo on that play. I think it was Dexter. I think it was Dexter. Was yeah. was collapsing the inside of that pocket. So you know, a lot of people want to make a big deal. Oh, Dory Jackson did a great job on Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he did. I, dude, I watched I watched that tape and I watched Justin Jefferson on every play. That was a team effort. They had two guys, sometimes McKinney. three assigned to him on every play. The Giants, it's funny. So every week, you know, Pearson has to pick our promo clips to put up on Twitter for, you know, Giants to advertise for Big Blue Kickoff. And last week, on the Friday, he picked the one with me and you, and I go, boy, you know, blitzing's in Wink's DNA. There's no way, you know, he's going to go and blitz like 20% of the time. It's going to be 40. Well, guess what? Wink blints 20% (laughs) of the time. (laughs) So shows what the hell I know. He played quarters almost half the time, Lance. And he was able to do it because, A, the Vikings don't want to run the football because they just don't want to run it. That's just what they do. And he had McKinney or Love either over the top or in bracket coverage on Justin Jefferson, and they paid so much attention. The Vikings in the second half, if you go back and you watch the All-22, they used that to their advantage. Where the Giants were paying so much attention to Jefferson, you want to know why Hawkinson 100 yards receiving? Because they had two guys on Jefferson the whole game. So – that's another thing, and now I'm going to try to you know, transfer that over to Philadelphia here. Here's the thing. Jason Kelsey, Hall of Famer, one of the best centers of all time. How is Dexter Lawrence going to affect the game against him? And you cannot pay as much attention to an A.J. Brown or a Devontae Smith, take your pick, like you did to Justin Jefferson last week, because A, the Eagles run the football a lot better. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. For, for my money, the best offensive line in football. And if you are not, if you only have a light box and you have all these DBs on the field like the Giants have oh, in that they'll game. They'll capitalize on it. Yeah. You know, Nick Sirianni has gotten away from the run, by the way, in the past. But I can't imagine sure. he would in a game like this. They'll run it on you, number one. And number two, all right, you're going to go double A.J. Brown? What are you doing with Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard? And, by the way, Quiz Watkins, who's pretty good, too. So I, I think... This is going to be again on defense, just another different type of strategy with the Philadelphia Eagles compared to the the, the great play and the success in the scheme they had against the Vikings last week.
3: Which is why, to me, the onus is on the offense. This entire postseason run, no matter how long it goes, it's all on the offense. It's not to say that the defense can't make stops, but I mean, let's face it: the Vikings had a fair share of success, as you pointed out. Oh, Kirk yeah. was money on point. They were. A drive away from tying the game. They scored a bulk of touchdowns. They did make plays when they needed it the most, which is what you're talking about. Game on the line, fourth and eight. Dex doesn't allow Kirk Cousins to make the throw in. Sometimes timing's everything in football. Hey, two drives they did right? in the game. They got two straight yeah. stops. You don't need to shut them down completely, but when you need to make a stop, you want your defense to come through. And the defense did deliver. But you're not going to slow down Philadelphia where you're going to hold them to 15 points.
4: No, you're going to, much like
3: this game, you're going to have to be Correct. between 27 and 35 points probably to win. So the Giants' offense finished drives against the Vikings. Yep. That's what they did. They had seven legitimate. Legitimate possessions, John. And this is another great number. Four touchdowns, a field goal. They punted twice. Okay? That's, That's the ratio you want to see. And oh, by the way, they scored thirty-one points. When they went forty-three straight games without even reaching thirty Only one field goal in the game. That's what you need to stay and compete with Philadelphia. So, I mean, we could sit here, and once again, it's an interesting conversation, what's Wink going to do, and how they're going to slow this down. And the you bottom and I, and line you is they got to the, score. And we'll be on
4: again on Friday, and we'll get into all the Super sure. details on that too, with the Eagles and all that matchups and stuff like that. Yeah, but,
3: I mean, it comes down to mm-hmm. Daniel Jones and the offense, which has started to play its best football down the stretch. And I'm a big believer, timing, you want to play your best football to carry it over. But... With that being said, in fairness... It was against the Vikings and the Colts. Correct. You have to put things mm-hmm. in perspective where you look at the opposition. And the one game where they did play the starters, because I don't know about you, I don't put a whole lot of stock in that last matchup. And I, I, frankly, Lance, I'm not going to put a lot of stock in either
4: one. I feel like the first matchup was long enough ago where That's fair. I think the Giants are playing better, and we don't know what Jalen Hurts is with the shoulder. True. So I, I, honestly, unlike the Vikings game where I think you know that last game I think was really telling in what the well, playoff game proximity. would look like... Yeah. I feel like this is... I'm not going to do as much of that this time around because I I don't feel like the connection's quite as tight.
3: Well, the only thing I will say is, though, and I understand Hurts is a wild card. I get that. And he did not look to run at all in that last matchup. That's more of a reason why I don't put a whole lot of stock, because we could see a completely different quarterback. And there was also no McKinney and no the Dory Jackson. In sure. First absolutely. So the two, game of chess goes on both and sides. And no Leonard
4: but, Williams, by the way, in that game. All three of those guys were out, which Yeah, is and I deal. think when
3: Leonard spoke to the media, he indicated he didn't even play against the Eagles the first match. No. Nope. So and and this I, is going to be his first time. I believe it.
4: Was Ozil Zolari even playing in that game against Philly? He might have he may have still
3: been on IR. I have I'd to have to look, look at back. Yeah. yeah, not exactly sure. But the other big difference is Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins, not nearly as mobile as what Jalen Hurts right. presents. Absolutely. So the stress that the quarterback could put on your defense is a lot different. That's the other major difference. Because if Hurts is going to look to run, It's like Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. When Lamar is on the field, it's a completely different rushing attack for the Ravens. Same thing when Hurts is looking to run, completely different. He's not looking to run, you're not as stressed out as a defense. So something tells me that they did not want him to expose himself to hits in that last regular season matchup.
4: Oh, I mean, it was obvious. And now with
3: the bye... You
4: don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure that one out. Correct.
3: So, well, but you know what? You still say to yourself, they needed to win the division, though. Correct. And that's why he played, because I think Nick Sirianni said, hey, we're going to lay it all out on the line. We want to win the division. We want the bye, but... While protecting his shoulder. We're going to put him out there, but Jalen, if you have five yards to take, you're not taking it. You're going to either give it to the running back, or you're going to throw. Or slide. That completely changes things. So... Does the approach differ so much that now you have to account for the Jalen Hurts you saw in the first matchup? That's a huge expectation.
4: Yeah, and he almost ran for hundred yards in that first matchup. It was the you know, at the seven Eagles for went, seventy-seven. Yeah, the Eagles went for yeah. two hundred and fifty in that game on the ground. So you're right. And remember, the rush defense has been something that's been the Achilles' heel of this defense for And they weren't for, tested for against the, the Vikings,
3: right? Because right. they, <laughs> they <laughs> didn't look to run the play. Right. And when and Dalvin Dalvin ran granted, he did a pretty good job. It's not like yeah. he wasn't. The volume wasn't a better, yeah, though. Yeah, I mean, come on, the Vikings throw that's about the Vikings. 64% of the time, which is one of the highest marks in the NFL. Correct. And by
4: the yeah. way, Pearson, you can throw your mic on. Um, will you confirm that Howard Cross admitted on the play ride right home that Kirk Cousins was pretty good? He may have, yes. Back Okay, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I just I just wanted to get that out of you. <laughs> Go back to your salad.
2: Check out
1: Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: 201-939-4513. All right, let's get to the calls here, folks. Again, it's a busy week. I'm going to try to rapid fire through the calls today. We'll try to bang through them. We'll get to as many of you as we can because I know a lot of you guys are excited, and rightfully so, about the Giants taking on the Eagles. And remember, I'll just say this. Look, we all know the Eagles— Talent-wise, they, they're they're better. They have more pro bowlers, all-pro guys. You know, we, we talked about the Eagles all year. They might have the most talented roster in the whole NFL, top to bottom. But that doesn't matter. It's one game, and all you got to do is play better than that team on one day. That's all you got to do. Yeah. We well, that's why that. the better team doesn't always win in the NFL. We saw that in 2011, 2007 with the Giants. You just got to play better on that one game, and the Giants will try to do that on Saturday night. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved. Zero never tasted so good. And don't forget, folks, go subscribe to the Giants Huddle podcast. We have rapid reactions after each game. We have interviews with analysts around the NFL. We have Mike Mayock coming up later on today. I don't think that's posted yet. um, But the reaction from this past week was Jonathan Casillas. And we'll... One or two more podcasts later in the week trying to get a player interview. We'll have our preview with an Eagles report. Do you know what we're getting this week, Lance? For Eagles? I'm working
3: on it right now, so I don't want to okay. tease and then it not turn out to be. Yes,
4: I don't want I don't know exactly. But we will have somebody. Yes.
3: I can guarantee you that. And we that will, I can guarantee And we
4: will you. have a player as well, but much like you, I don't have that confirmed yet. So there yet. you go. So, so I'm, I'm hoping for a defensive player that might be covering a wide receiver. We'll see if that happens. Um so check that out. That comes your way. It'll be on Thursday this week because it's a Saturday game, so it'll come a day earlier. Also working on uh, maybe Moose Johnston from Fox who's calling the game. So we'll see if that happens. Go check it out. Subscribe to the Giants. Little podcast on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants mobile app or at Giants.com slash podcast. All right, let's rock and roll, boys and girls. Jerome and Charlotte will join us first. Jerome, what's going on?
0: Hi. Um, I love the offense, you know, the, the performance. But I'm worried about the pass rush on the um, defensive side. Um, Ojalari and um what was it, X Man? The two didn't play that much? Uh,
4: well, you know, Zimenez went in for Ojalari after Ojalari hurt his quad, and he got yeah. kneed. That was a quad bruise. Uh, Brian Dable said today in to his press conference. By the way, Brian Dable did it his press conference right before the show. Said nothing. <laughs> there, was, there was really nothing there that we could relay that would be useful. Except that Ojolari will be limited today and Pinnock will be limited. Though It's just a walkthrough. Um, that's all he gave us, so we'll see. I mean, it's just the thigh bruise. I would think they'll figure out a way to get Ojolari on the field on Sunday would be my guess.
3: And Pinnock, he said he's turning the corner. Yep after that abdomen injury looked pretty scary. Well, he was, he, had, he was
4: at the Nick game yesterday. They actually yeah. showed him an MSG during the Nick game. So, Well,
3: then I think that that's promising. That Correct, that he's up and about, sure. So that's at least encouraging, and he indicated that everyone will at least practice in some capacity, whether it be limited, off to the side, whatever it may be. That was at least what he laid out with respect to the personnel.
2: Well, we,
0: we have our full force in, in um, effect by um, game day.
4: Have who back by game day? I didn't catch that, Jerome.
0: So everyone should be playing by game day. Yeah, I mean,
4: yeah, yeah. But look, we think so. There's still two more days here. But we'll see. It looks like, look, right now the Giants are as healthy as they've been all season. So you hope that everyone's going to be on the field.
0: Very good. Go Giants.
4: Thank you, Jerome. And by the way, I did an interview with uh, Dave Spadaro. He uh, does their Eagles stuff down for the Eagles.com, And I've been doing a spot with him every week with the Giants Play the Eagles seems like every other weekend in the last <laughs> month. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and I kind of talked. I'm like, you know, I think the Giants will come in with a game plan, but you can adjust based on what Jalen Hurts is going to do. You know, if he's going to run, how is he going to go? And Dave was like, John, I got to be honest. I mean, there's really not much doubt then here. We think Jalen Hurts is going to play just like Jalen Hurts has all year, and he's going to run it. And the reason they predicted him the last game of the year is that, and he said this on the air, so I'm not giving any inside information, that they're going to use him like they had pre-shoulder injury. So, uh, based on and Dave's pretty locked into that stuff. He knows so, and he goes, "Look, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know. But uh, based on what he said to me during the interview, he thinks Hurts is going to be a a full full go. Which, to your point, with his running ability,
3: I mean, just look how Daniel oh, yeah. Jones is running. Look, like affected based, the Vikings? Yeah, sick,
4: I mean, he's six first downs. He yeah. created six first down with his legs in well, that
3: game. Minnesota essentially laid out the red carpet. The red carpet was just missing. It parted like the Red Sea, it was like the, the purple Vikings carpet. defense. Yeah, maybe a purple carpet yes. would have been more appropriate. <laughs> but honestly, every time, I think Daniel Jones, he dropped back in the pocket, he surveyed the field, he saw the middle of the field completely open, he said, alright guys, if you're going to give it to me, I'm just going to run. Yeah, he's either
4: going to hit throw to something in the middle no, of field I mean, what's the field, or run to the middle and of the field. And once again, Take Daniel
3: deserves great credit for that, because that's good decision making, taking what yeah. the defense gives you he's and reacting. He's playing very well. 100%. But... Something tells me the Eagles are not going to lay things out as easily for Daniel Jones. I think Nick Sirianni is going to see the film, and he's going to be like, guys, you know, I don't know what Ed Donatel was thinking as a defensive coordinator, (laughs) but Jonathan Cannon, you may want to make sure you don't lay out the
4: gifts for Daniel Jones. Yeah, I will say this, though. I do think his running is going to be essential to the Giants winning this game. It has to be. You know, they have two—we didn't even talk about their corners, right? They have two excellent cover corners in Slay and Bradbury and, look, Bradbury's not the fastest guy. He can get beat over the top, but you have to protect long enough to do that. You know, the Giants did get behind them on some double moves in that first game in early December, but guess what? Daniel Jones was either running for his life or on his back, so he couldn't get the ball out to him. Uh, The Eagles had a five-game stretch, where they had at least six sacks in each game, and, you know, how the... So I think easy completions are going to be at a premium in this game, just based on how the Eagles play defense, so I really do think... You know, design runs, sure, to try to, you know, keep him honest with Saquon. But I think Jones scrambling here, you know, if the Eagles play a lot of man-to-man, uh, that's going to be huge and kind of—I hate to call them cheap first downs because there is no cheap first down. but you take him. You know, it's going to be really important. And I think that Mike Mayock made this point on the Huddle Podcast that Jones is going to have to do a lot with his legs in
3: this game to help
4: keep drives alive— avoid the pass rush, and move the ball up and down the field.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to be able to extend some plays simply because the pass rush is going to come for you, which is good. You need a mobile quarterback when you go up against the Eagles. The question is, if you're Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' defensive coordinator, and – linebackers for the Vikings, you had some veterans back there. I just wonder, is he going to have a guy that's going to shadow Daniel Jones? Because, will they spy him. Well, the yeah, reason I, I bring that up, John, is I think you have the cover corners right on the back end. You feel good about Bradbury and Slay handling their own. You feel good about your front being able to handle the Giants' offensive line and apply some pressure. So do you have the luxury to then have a guy in the middle of the field, whether it be a safety or a linebacker, yeah. to say, hey, you keep eyes on Daniel Jones because we don't want him to run wild. Because if he does that— then the Giants are going to face manageable third downs, and there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for that Eagles pass rush to really pin their ears back. Let's go to Rod in D.C. He's up next. What's up, Rod?
2: Hey, guys. How are you Uh, doing? So I was uh, – I'm doing great. Two brief comments and a question. I was at the game with my 16-year-old son, front row behind the Giants bench uh, Sunday. Uh, Talk about the ultimate father-son experience. That must have been great. I was uh, lamenting – Oh, I was lamenting with Paul a couple of times. I leaned over. We were uh, complaining about how Thibodeau was being held uh, every other play, and they never called it. But anyway, uh, first comment is uh, Howard, I think he asked ha- half rhetorically yesterday. There were a lot of giant fans right behind the giant bench, and we were all congregated, and he was asking kind of how the Vikings or – the stadium, how that happens, and, and I say respectfully, I love Howard. It's called resale, spending a ton of money, a ridiculous amount of money on tickets, <laughs> sure. and you're gonna, you and you're gonna sit anywhere you want. So yeah, i uh, Yeah, I did a semester of the co- my son's college tuition, but it was incredible. <laughs> um, so that's co- comment number one. Co- comment number two is, and I'm not the biggest Gallaudet fan. Uh, at ground field level, he made one or two phenomenal blocks that really sprung Saquon. And uh, I never looked at him... uh, I never looked at him as that kind of a a blocker. I always looked at him as a receiver that wasn't receiving. But he made made one or two where he just flattened uh, the defensive back and Barkley, you know, did one of his spin moves. So I'd say, you know, maybe look for that Saturday night. And then... My question for you guys is let's just assume everybody's healthy for Saturday night. We saw the Giants in the first game get blown out. We saw them in the second game uh, with second and third teams keeping it close when the Eagles had in their first line playing to win. And then we saw the Minnesota game where everything was on the line and we were, I think, in my opinion, certainly much more consistent, which is one of the reasons for the win. So my question to you guys is succinct, specific keys to the game, not general, like, you know, we've got to protect Barclay, but specifically three or four things when you look at the first and second Eagles game and then the game on Sunday, you've got basically three different giant teams. What do we need to do to crystallize everything and and have a chance for a good win in – the link, and then I'll take it off the
4: air. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate the call. Look, I haven't done all my Eagles stuff yet, to be honest with you. I just finished. I just finished the Vikings review, and we did a couple podcasts today, so I haven't really even started writing my Eagles preview. Uh, I'll give you a couple of quick specific things. Can Evan Neal hold up against Asan Reddick and Brandon Graham on that side of the field? You know that could get ugly. It was ugly in the first matchup early December. So how does he hold That's up against? Sex. How does he hold up against those guys? That to me. For the Giants' offense is essential. And then defensively, can how did the, can Dexter Lawrence be dominant against Jason Kelsey? And I think that's a great matchup between two great players. I mean, I can make the argument Dexter Lawrence has been the best player on the Giants this year. Him and Andrew Thomas, to me, have probably been their best two players. Um, and the way Dexter's played the last month or so, I mean, he might be the best. So, you know, can he dominate that matchup against Kelsey and create pass rush? Because I think against Mylotta, and if Lane Johnson's going to play in this game.
3: And I assume he will.
4: It sounds like he is. We'll see how good he is. He has a torn adductor muscle, which is kind of in that groin-abdomen area. I imagine that's uncomfortable. Um, we'll see how well he plays. but, that, look, but Remember, they
3: shut him down for the last several weeks, too. He right. hasn't played.
4: Yeah, no. and he didn't. But remember, though, that, that's, a, that's an injury that will require surgery after the year. So it's not like the injury is sure. healed. He's just playing through it. Um, it's going to be tough going, I think, for Thibodeau, there their other edge rushers. I think, you know, it's going to have to be Dex and, and Leo to a lesser extent inside, you know, and can the Giants dominate in there, not only getting to the quarterback but, you know, stopping the run. And I think those are, to me, if you look at two keys, I think those are, you know, two specific keys where the Giants are going to have to do well if they want to walk out of the game with a win.
3: Yeah, stopping the run to me is the key on defense because, you know, specifically if Hurts runs wild, that's going to make the job of Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell that much easier because now you have to account if you're the Giants that on any given play Hurts could decide to take off. And when you're all of a sudden focusing your attention on Hurts, now the other running backs are having some clearer paths to operate. So that to me is a must. They had 253 rushing yards on 31 carries. You can't have that happen again. On offense, it may be stating the obvious, but I don't think it's a coincidence that the reason why they once again edged the Vikings is they did not turn the ball over. And if you look at the first Philadelphia matchup, they had one legitimate turnover, and then you had the punt that Gillen was penalized for because he tried to kick it off the bat. So that was another turnover. And then what happens on the very next play? The Eagles throw a bomb, and they get a touchdown. You can't. Spot the Eagles' great field position like that. Got to continue to play clean football. And clean football, of course, means lacking of the sacks, not turning the ball over, the penalties, all those things. But those were things they avoided... Against Minnesota, they only had two offensive penalties against the Vikings, and remember they had the Nick Gates holding penalty, and they overcame that. And by the way, the other penalty took a touchdown off the board. Yeah, but overcome that. Yeah, you know, no, and no, that they, no, they, they ended up kicking. They didn't score a touchdown though. They kicked well, a field goal, but at least you walked away with points. Yep, you didn't turn it over. In the past, penalties like that, they have not regrouped. They mm-hmm. have not recovered. So that was another big positive, and that has to be repeated against this Philadelphia team because you know when the last caller was talking about the last three matchups and the differences, you know, that's why this league is so matchup oriented. The way your team looks like one week, you can't just assume we're just going to bottle it up. We're going to travel to Philadelphia and it's going to be the same thing. It doesn't work like that. Look at the Dallas Cowboys in the final week of the regular
4: season against Washington. And then look at them against the Buccaneers. Exactly. Like, how is that the same team? (laughs) And you say that about a lot of teams (laughs) in the NFL, right? It's
3: It's, it's a pretty much a head scratcher.
4: Half to half. I mean, look at the Jaguars at the Chargers last week. Yep. Well, I mean it's amazing. And Jacksonville
3: had four turnovers. There you go five actually, if you include the special teams one. Yeah.
4: I, I did not get the stat. Is that the first time a team ever won minus yes. five in
3: turnover ratio? I don't even think you need to look that up. I I, don't I, think I, mean, so I said either. that while watching the game. I, I mean my first reaction was <laughs> the heck with the Jaguars comeback. How the hell does the Chargers lose a game when they were plus That's five not, in turnover yeah, I differential? Know. I mean that that takes some serious skill. No, it really does. Like you have to
4: try really hard. Oh, tremendously. Yeah, you do. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, Aiden in New Jersey. He's up next. Hey Aiden.
5: Hey, how's it going, guys?
4: We're good. Doing all right.
5: All right. So uh, I have a uh, comment and then like a follow-up on it.
4: Sure. Wait, wait. wait yeah, so do you, do so, you want do you want us to comment on your comment and then you'll follow up? Or do you want to comment uh, and then just continue?
5: Yeah, yeah, I'll comment and continue.
4: Okay.
3: So, so, you have two, so it's basically one combined statement. Yes. But yes, go with that. Yes. 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 Yeah. Two for one special. Yeah, so, go ahead.
5: <laughs> so obviously, Landon Collins uh, has had a big role like, in the last number of weeks, like, going down the stretch uh, in the regular season. And I noticed on Sunday he really didn't have that many uh, snaps and he only had one uh, tackle. I was wondering why, if there's, like, obviously Dable didn't say anything about this, I was wondering, uh, like, why his role was so reduced. i um... take the off the
4: Absolutely. Well, How about your follow-up? Yeah. The, you, how you, how how I vibe you the teased follow-up. us. Wait a minute. Hold on, Aiden,
3: You kept it. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was the follow-up <laughs> dial tone. <laughs> what was she, that? The, well, yeah, I, I was all juiced up for no, his follow-up. Just, just a one-for-one one one special. Yeah. The question <laughs> is, did he hang up or Pearson? Did you no, hang no, up no, on him? No, no. Pearson he did out. not hang up. He didn't he, want anything Okay. So was that like the version of dropping the mic after making a statement? It was like, and... That was right, some you know, build up. Anyway. Well,
4: obviously, look, everything's matchup oriented. I think that's the most important thing you could say first. Uh, they use Quentin Jefferson uh, more. The uh, Quentin Jefferson, Tony Jefferson. Quentin more. Jefferson. Who's yeah. that a combination? of? I don't know did who you Qu- take I, don't, two, I have no idea who Quentin. Jefferson Did you Jefferson take is. Quentin
3: Nelson and put him with yeah, Justin I, I, Jefferson? I, I don't know.
4: Is that what he did? Um, okay. Perhaps. Uh, Tony Jefferson played a lot more. He played almost twice the snaps that Collins did. That was a choice. Uh, I think Adoree Jackson being back on the field, which meant then you have McLeod as your fourth corner, or. Yeah, I guess food would be your fourth corner if Holmes is your third guy, right? Instead of being your second corner, so they wanted to get McLeod more time on. Like, McLeod still played almost, I think, 30% of the snaps, Lance, if I am Yeah, I can look at that. Eye, I think that was
3: in that ballpark.
4: And, you know, before that, the fourth corner had never played that many snaps, really, in terms of um, playing time. So I think the, the fourth corner and McLeod took some of those snaps that Landon would have otherwise taken. That's kind of how I look at it, I think. And I think they knew once again, and they were confident putting four corners out there because they knew the Vikings didn't want to run the ball. So, you know, and Landon's good against the run.
3: McLeod played, let's see, on defense. He played 28% of the snaps. Yeah, I mean, for a fourth corner, that's a lot. And I think that was exactly what I was going to get to. You took the words out of my mouth. I think Wink said to himself, they're not going to pound the ball with Dalvin Cook, so we need more defensive backs. And I understand that Landon Collins is more of a tweener, a hybrid type of player, but that's what I think led him to say, okay, we're going to go with the corners and the safeties for the bulk of this game because we know between Hawkinson and Jefferson and Thielen and Osborne, That's the priority to slow those guys down as opposed to have maybe an extra guy in the box to worry about Dalvin Cook.
4: Yeah, and look, Jalen Smith only played 61%. Jared Davis only played 56%, which means you probably had like at least a third of the snaps. Every time I look down, the Giants had no linebackers on the field. It was just, and like, if you want to count Landon Collins, maybe him, but otherwise, it was all defensive backs. Well, better than the Vikings game plan to have nobody on the field. So. Well, they, they, they weren't technically on the well, field. You I just couldn't didn't, find them. So You just no. didn't notice them necessarily. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. go to Jason in Virginia. He's up next on Bigfoot Kickoff Live. Jason, what's going on?
0: Not much. Just absolutely over the moon about the Vikings win, and it's just fantastic. Um, I'm going to say something, and I know you're going to call me crazy. I know you're going to you know probably poke fun at me a little bit, and that's okay. Um, given his performance against... The Eagles starting defense and we all know they had everything to play for. We had nothing to play for. Would you consider dressing Davis Webb as the number two quarterback or possibly even carrying three quarterbacks
4: going into this game?
3: For what reason, though? I mean, what's the yeah, big concern? I don't
4: I mean, look, last week Tyrod Taylor was the backup and I don't think yeah, that's yeah. going to
3: change. I mean I, I just I don't I, understand I, the rationale in sacrificing another position. It sounds like you're worried Daniel Jones is gonna get hurt. In this game, and,
4: and by no, the way, and, and, no, and,
3: and, and, and by the way, Webb was fine in that game, but it's not like he was, you know, dominant. No, they didn't come alive until the fourth it quarter. It was a nineteen nothing game. Yeah,
5: yeah. No, it's true. Uh,
0: again, just just having seen the defense, just having played it, been exposed, been exposed to their speed, and kind of having been in the position where, against four quarters, he saw how they shifted, how they adjusted, things like that. Maybe he has a little, I might have thought process, maybe he has a little bit of insider information no, I hear that you. Might Well, might mean him that much
3: better. But anything that he takes away from that game, he's going to share with Daniel Jones in the quarterback oh, room sure. this week. And Tyrod. Yeah, yeah and, and Tyrod, then, too. And, so, and,
4: again, so, and once again. I am, it, I am not suggesting he starts over Daniel Jones. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying <laughs> you're doing that. High. But,
3: but uh, I mean, Tyrod's got enough Charlie, experience. Charlie, is that you? Yeah. Charlie? T- Taylor's got enough experience. <laughs> or where, Tatino, is that you? God forbid Jones gets hurt that I I think they'd be more than confident in Taylor running the offense. And Taylor has more similarities to Daniel Jones from the standpoint of he can run, he can look to run. You know, Davis Webb, I'm not saying that he's a statue. I mean, granted, he had that rushing touchdown against the Eagles in the last matchup, but I think Tyrod is a little bit more elusive, I would argue, than Davis Webb, despite what we saw in that last regular season matchup.
4: I got a couple quotes here for you. Uh, um, Do you have anything else, Jason?
5: Oh, no, that's it. Thank, Thank you. Guys, appreciate appreciate the call. Yep.
4: No, no. I appreciate. By the way, great job callers being rapid fire today. Excellent work. Two quotes. Well, Mike. some of them hung up, so that's even better. You know. <laughs> that's truly rapid. So. <laughs> yes, so, it no. is. Yeah. Uh, no, but people have been good getting to your points. I really appreciate that. And Wilson, I'm going to hold you to that too on the next call. So just be ready to get one point in
3: there and We we also it. should mention that we prefer for future callers to preface your statements by saying you have two statements and a question, you have three statements <laughs> and a follow-up. We 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 like that. That really establishes and sets the stage. But please, go ahead. No, no problem. Uh, So Mike Garofalo is at the Eagles
4: today. They have a couple press conferences, a couple quotes for you that he put out there. Nick Sirianni said Jalen Hurts, quote-unquote, better than he was two weeks ago. Says he continues to improve, and after holding him back in practice last Thursday, he'll throw fully today. And then uh, from Jalen Hurts himself, not worried about his shoulder being targeted by the Giants defenders, quote, I've got a bounty on me every week, end quote. And then another quote. I'm gonna play my game, and whatever happens happens. end quote. That does not and that does not sound like a guy that that's gonna be holding himself back in terms of no. content. Well, I mean, listen, Contact season's the over if you don't win. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, though? In the first quarter, you could hit the wrong way. You could be out for four quarters. So uh, there, 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 sure. is, there is a, a way you can limit yourself to, to protect yourself so you can stay in the game. Like, I don't know if the shoulder's so bad where a wrong hit, he's out. Like, I just don't know the, to the extent to which this thing's messed up.
3: Well, he didn't look in the last game, I didn't look at a quarterback that was struggling to throw when he decided to throw. I, I saw, thought he had a little less zip real, on it to I be mean, honest listen, with that, you, I, did. That's perhaps, I just, what, stuck out to me more was no interest at all to test the Giants' no. defense on the ground. All slides. That, to me, all stood slides. out more than if you want to measure the velocity on his throw. Okay, he didn't put enough mustard on it, fine. No, and I agree. That, that was a much bigger factor, 100%. Yeah, I mean, that, to me, was like, well, what's going on here? You know, Jalen Hurts looks like a statue. And I understand he wound up having about, I think, nine run plays. But those nine were him moving to the right or the left to try to buy time. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to go north or south at all. And that's a game changer. All right, let's go to Wilson and Roxbury. He's up next. Hey, Wilson.
5: Hey guys. So uh, uh, let me see. I think I have two statements and a quote. There we go. Uh, uh, okay.
3: A quote. Okay, we're really mixing <laughs> yeah, it up. Ooh, yeah. Fancy,
5: okay. All right. So listen. Uh, I guess it, the statements is this. Um, you know, when I watch, when I, I I'm confident on Saturday because I, I have to be. I mean, forty. I don't want to sit and watch the game and then thinking I'm going to lose. And why bother watching the game? Of course, so almost, Giant fans should confident. always have confidence. Yeah, of yeah, course I you mean,
3: should. <laughs> There's no rule of thumb that says you should be skeptical.
5: Okay. So, listen. So, for all the accolades, right, that Jalen Hurts has gotten this year, fact of the matter is that Daniel Jones has more, more playoff wins than he does. So, all I want, man, I just want to be in this. I just want to have a game in the fourth quarter. And I want to see how he, Jalen Hurts going to react. Because Daniel Jones, I think it's, he, he's going to excel under pressure. And I want to see how Jalen Hurts does yeah. with all that crowds and everything. Wilson, I, awesome. I hear you.
4: Wilson, I hear you. And just real quick, and then you can finish. J- okay. Jalen Hurts played in countless huge, gigantic, pressure-packed, National championship level games Uh, in college. I Uh, don't think uh, pressure is going to be a problem, especially knowing his personality and the type of guy that he is. I don't think pressure is going to be an issue for him. Especially, I I don't.
3: Yeah, what he's been exposed at in Alabama and Oklahoma. Something tells me he understands what the big stage is about. Yeah,
5: I know that, but college is one thing, and to play. Yeah, well, but Nick Saban.
3: Nick Saban runs as close to an NFL program that you're going to find. So uh, hey, look, I I would put a lot. Hey, of look at Wilson
4: that. Wilson. There's plenty of room to, reason to be confident in Daniel in those spots. I think that's the most important thing.
3: Yeah, but uh, but uh, also uh, real real uh, yeah, quickly uh, Wilson. Uh, I, I, I mean, th- if your strongest argument though is, and this is not taking anything away from Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts has played one playoff game. Okay, you know if he played yeah, ten, that's, that's true. Th- I mean, the sample size is minute, and this whole quarterback record thing that people keep bringing up is just absolutely ridiculous. Because the last time I checked, there were other guys on the field other than the quarterback. Well,
4: but, I mean, let's not well, that. let's see how that goes. Well, what? what one of our top three, I think, maybe Paul's not on board. this necessary, but one of our top three show-wide statements we always make:
3: a record is not a quarterback stat. No, so that's yeah, more I, I, of a reason I, I, why I don't really want to hear that the sorry. differential between two guys is also one game. We're talking about too. Go ahead, Wilson. All
5: right. No, listen, and uh, and uh, and I just want to go back. This this season, is kind of it's got such a 2011 feel to it. Like you know, like Victor Cruz came. Victor Cruz came out of nowhere. We gotta say, Hodgins. I mean, Eli started playing super good the last two or three last last games of the 2011. Oh, yeah. No, he played
3: he well the whole season. year, no, he, I disagree. With Eli
4: that. was an yeah. MVP candidate that whole year. He yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, no, he... no,
5: I, I no, I know that, but he was he was having a listen before before we beat the the Jets. And uh, and that ninety eight touchdown run. Listen, I watched the all the Giants game. Eli was rough. He was throwing a lot of interceptions. No, no,
4: no, no, Wilson. You're thinking of two thousand seven, dude. You're not thinking of twenty eleven. The Giants' defense and running game were awful for all of two thousand eleven. The only reason they had okay. a chance to be in the playoffs was Eli Manning was a amazing and had maybe one of the best. Fourth quarter seasons okay. in the history of okay. the league. Yeah, they had
3: one comeback after right. so, another that season.
4: So
5: may, maybe okay. So I'm maybe I may wrong there, but uh, I know. Listen, I know that like, we had to beat the Jets just to have a chance. We had to beat Washington yeah. just to have a well, chance. Well, it was more we the, the
4: game beat. against Dallas Wilson that got them into the playoffs. Yeah, that, that was the last the game against. Yeah. That, was,
5: yeah. that was the last game against Dallas. And listen, imagine if everything works out and we end up back in San Francisco. Uh, for to play for the for the for the Super Bowl, I mean you can't make you can't make a better script than that. And Thank thanks, you, Wilson. guys. Appreciate yes. the call.
4: Hey, or you could be in Dallas, which would be a replay of two thousand seven. So sure. take your pick. Yeah, I mean I don't
3: put much no. different powers It was stock, thirteen yeah. years ago, twelve I'm years ago. Personnel's I different. I mean I understand these are fun exercises, yeah, yeah. but at the end of the day, what difference does it, it is, is
1: funny is though? the like, only commonality, the owner.
3: Uh, In in terms of who's left over from 2011. How about Schmelk? Yeah, there you go. go.
4: Schmelk was a commonality. So there you go. uh, So was Lance. Um, But look, I think it's funny, and I get it. Like, giant fans of a certain age, they're used to, okay, if we win a playoff game, that means we're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of how it's gone, right? Like, if they get that first playoff win, you know, I think. Every year in the since the turn of the century, they've won a playoff game. They've gotten to a Super Bowl. Or did they win a playoff game in, like, '06? Oh,
3: maybe? I have to look that up. I don't, don't want to speak off the record. Yeah, I, I have to double-check
4: yeah. that. But the, the, the last two runs, for no, sure. No, the last two
3: runs, there's no doubt. Since that.
4: 2007, for sure. Every year the Giants have won a playoff game. They have won the Super Bowl. So, But it, it, it's not that easy. Look, you got to come out there. you got to play a great game against Philadelphia. But should Giant fans feel good about it? Absolutely. You're playing your best football of the year. Go out there. It's a division rival. Anything can happen. It's tough to beat a team three times in a year. We've been through that whole rigmarole. Talk about back to 2007 with the game against Dallas in the divisional round. That, that to me, I, this isn't 2011 to me. This is round two 2007 to me, right? Dallas beat the Giants twice in the regular season that year, just like Philly did. Yep. Now you're playing them in the divisional round, number one seed, in their building, boom. Like, that's what this, if you were to just take a bigger, broad picture look at it, that's what this reminds me of more than 2011.
3: 1993, they beat the Vikings in the wild card, lost to the Niners in the division. But round. But, so. but not since then.
4: They haven't won. A, the only other playoff wins since then were in the Ravens Super Bowl year and in the 42 and 46?
3: That's correct. Okay, yes. so I was right then. Yeah. Yep. And that so. was,
4: by the way, the Rodney Hampton game. They ran yeah. like 150 in Exactly,
3: game. yeah. Well, yes, because you worded it at the turn yep. of the century, mm-hmm. so that's what you're saying. Yep. I thought you were saying that mo- most people were saying pretty much like in history of the organization. No, 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 no. That no, no, every no. time they yep. you know, win one game, it's mm-hmm. all or nothing. It's
4: 93, so any Giant fans that's 30 years old or younger, they're experiencing Oh, yeah, they don't know any difference. You win right. a playoff game,
3: sure. you're yeah. going
4: to the Super Bowl. That's right, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why I'm
3: sure a lot of people adopt this philosophy. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm
1: CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: By the way, quick side note, I was doing some homework on the whole... It's hard to beat a team three times in one season. Okay, what he do Doesn't got? everybody throw that out of all course. the time? Yeah, I mean, come yeah, on. That's probably to, yeah, one of the yeah, biggest cliched lines. Yep. So, mm-hmm. it is the same way
4: you can never beat a team on back to backs, right? No, you, can, that's, you, you can never win to or... Sure. Or, so, or in baseball, you, you can never sweep a doubleheader.
3: Not impossible. It's all the same. Yep. So, this is going to be the 25th installment since the 1970 merger in which a Ooh. team that swept the regular season series winds up then meeting the team again in the postseason. So, it's happened 24 times. The. Teams that swept are 15-9 and in those 24 occurrences. Mm -hmm. However, let's peel the layers back, okay? There's more to this, as I preface my comments before I say them. Well, apparently that's what we're doing now. (laughs) Now I'm going to say, Lance, Lance, give us more. Please set up what you're going to say before you say it. I only aim to please you, (laughs) okay? We're here to appease the people. So there were 17 instances in which, excuse me, 19 instances in which the team that swept was the home team in the playoff matchup which is how it is here with Philadelphia right being so the So they team. would then be the favorite in Correct. theory. Correct. And mm-hmm. of those 19, the team that swept and was at home won 13 of those 19. So 13 times. and 13 six. and 6. All right. Yes. Just to give you an idea. Is there anything to read into that? I don't no, know, but honestly, I think track record and trends are at least worth bringing up. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it,
4: I think the third matchup the teams very familiar with each other. I do think it probably levels the playing field a little bit, right? I think the more you see a team It probably, you know, it makes it a little bit tougher, I think. But I don't know. Well, uh, the only
3: thing I just, I wanted to bring that up because I I always hear and there's no context when people say that. That's good. Three times it's impossible. Well, if you look at those numbers, you wouldn't take 13 wins out of 19 opportunities for the home team? Have you put that nugget up on Twitter yet? It's already up. It okay, was up yesterday. Good.
4: Yeah. Good. My thing
1: is that week seventeen is just weird. I don't know if that even week eighteen. Ge- week, week eighteen could yeah. have been completely different. We don't. Yeah. Have-
4: yeah. I mean, that's why we were talking before, Pearson. Like, I, I just I can't. Those first two games this year. I unlike the, like the Viking game. I thought it was going to be really predictive, and it was. And look, the dangers from the first game. To your point, Lance, I think are there. Right. Here's what you can't do if you're going to get to avoid getting hammered. Yeah. Right. I so I think that's what you look at. But I do think. The Giants at that point were probably in their stretch of playing their worst football of the season, right? Yeah, because that was the second half of the season. And now I think they're probably playing, especially offensively, their best ball. And the Eagles, since that game, actually, I did this math myself. Since that first game against Philly, Lance, the Eagles are just 2-2. Two and two, And I believe they have a minus... Was it minus six or plus six point differential? Yeah, the turnover
3: differential has drastically changed. Yeah, I mean, bring and, up my chart here. Yeah, and,
4: and also their point differential has almost been you know negative, I think, since then. So just something to keep in mind. All right, let's go back to the phones. But first a reminder, uh, Giant fans, take your fandom to the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available And the Giants' official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved. Zero. Never tasted. So good. You found your nugget or no?
3: I am bringing it up as we speak. I was just searching through some documents here. Okay, so I have the numbers through... Heading into that final game, week 18, they had 10 turnovers in their first 13 games, 24 takeaways. They were plus 14, the Eagles. Then they had eight turnovers in their last three games leading into that Giants matchup, and then three takeaways, so minus five. Yeah, That's it. a huge difference. Plus 14 versus minus five. And the injuries took a toll on the team as well down the stretch. Avante they Maddox is some somebody to watch this week, yep. too, by the way. Their they're, nickel corner. Their nickel yep.
4: corner, who's a big deal. And we'll see a calf? injury? Achilles injury? It's some kind of lower leg thing if Maddox, I Maddox, let's see,
3: he missed week 17 prior to the Giants with a toe injury. He toe. missed six games toe. with a hamstring injury earlier yeah, this year. I season. knew it was lower yeah. leg.
4: It's toe, which is technically foot, I suppose. Josiah
3: Scott, though, has played particularly well in his place. So mm-hmm. that's another guy that would step in with respect to Avante Maddox uh, being sidelined. Joe in Pennsylvania is feeling a lot of
4: pressure this week. The Eagle fans are on his doorstep. They're waving green flags. They're ready to yes, take him out. They
0: are they are they're they're talking about already they, who they got the the head ref for the game is Blenger or something and they're 12 and 1 with him. So they they're clapping their hands. That's what I hear. I I don't want to see anything like it happen to uh uh Lawrence there the way he through the quarterback like he roughed them. And the same thing when we played Hurts the one, the last game there, they gave him a little push and there was a flag. You know, it's, it's, I don't know what the records we are with this head ref, but, you know, I, I hope they look at Thibodeau there, the way he gets bear-hugged and taken to the ground every game. And there's never a penalty. I mean, they're part of the game. You've got to bring these guys up. So, now, there, that, were,
4: there were a couple of plays, too, where Evan Neal did a little grabbing when the guy
3: was coming around his edge, well, too. There so. was also a false start on Andrew Thomas yeah. that wasn't called, too, right, on yeah, one well, of the plays. That's so. the
0: I, I just hope they played fair. But uh, Thibodeau, if there there's—I uh, don't know how many games—how many— uh, Plays the game. Uh, I I could just see it. You know, it's crazy being bear hugged to the ground. Well, Joe, crazy. I mean, the
3: bottom line is we have these conversations all the time. Can't worry about the refs. There's going to be know. missed calls. There's going to be calls that are going to go your way against you. Good teams uh, uh, take uh, care uh, of their uh, business.
0: And they, these cheap ones, when you touch the quarterback, it's ridiculous. Well, but
3: but here's the thing, Joe. It's been like that across the league. And I cover the league. I understand you may be focusing in the Giants' bubble. These roughing the passer calls have been on shaky ground across the board the entire season.
0: Yeah, the, the, the announcers even said yeah. that you you got to be able to maybe uh, uh, what do they say? Be able to review them or something. Like
3: well, that but it's still a trace. judgment call, Joe. You're yeah. still going yeah. to be having human beings interpret it through yeah. slow motion replay, yeah. which to me is worse because it then gives you a completely different perspective on the play. Yeah. No, I think what you, what had happened is, just, I think they saw the forearm of Dexter Lawrence hit him in the helmet. Yeah, I'm and curious. And that, to me, is what indicated the flag. I'm That's curi- how I interpreted it. Yeah, I'm
4: curious it. if it was the hit to the head or the sling down. I, I mean, I would think it
3: was the hit I to the head. I think it was more of the hit to the head. But, yeah. yeah, I mean. Because here's the thing. The ref saw that, I'm sure, when they were both upright, John. Right. So, I think he immediately said, oh, forearm to the head, throwing the flag.
0: Uh, whatever. it's, it's Whatever. You can't uh, worry about the can. officials,
3: Joe. Can. Just,
4: just can't lose yeah. sleep over you this You can't stuff. worry about uh, it because yeah. it's completely out of your control. Don't. I know. Just just remember, worry about what you can control, man. That's it.
0: I I remember we had when we had Lawrence Taylor and Parcells, we beat the Skins. I'm sure three times that year too. Uh, what I was gonna say? Who do you think's the best team that we played that we beat all around this year?
3: Interesting question. What he ask? He asked which team did the Giants beat this year that you would classify as the best team? Now, are you talking about Joe? Just out of curiosity, at the time of the win or now in the wake of the season? Who I all think is the best team? All season
0: long. All season long. Who do you think the best rounded team that we beat?
4: Yeah, but here's the thing: like when the Giants played the Packers early in the year, the Packers that's, were playing really bad that's football, my point. but they turned out to be better. The Panthers in Week Two were terrible. They turned out to be a what pretty What about Chicago? Th- Chicago was a better team later in the season. Yeah, they uh, didn't see them. I mean, and Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville ended up being a really good team, but they weren't playing that well when the Giants faced yeah. them. Um, I would probably say the Vikings. I, I think
0: the Ravens so. But oh yeah, the Ravens. Yeah, yeah no, I mean,
3: you're right. You're right, Joe. I take it back. It was probably Baltimore. And, and, right. was and, probably and they Baltimore. did play the Ravens yep. with Lamar. So I I think Baltimore and Minnesota. You can make strong cases, but I, I agree give, it was Baltimore. With I give God. Baltimore the edge because the Ravens have a far better defense yep. than what Minnesota has. Though I think Baltimore is so, better than so, Minnesota. Yeah, and Joe, you worded it well rounded. So we'll go with the Ravens. Yes, I but agree. The, I think it's Baltimore. But the Ravens with Lamar Jackson under center because now. Well, they're eliminated. They're clearly not the same team when they have Tyler Huntley there.
0: Yeah. Well, we played them. With, sure. No, you
3: with, played yeah. them with uh, Lamar. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, I'll take it off the air here. Do you, do you think we're, we we want to mix it up or or run it first or pass it first? Uh, so that's all. Take care. Go Giants. Let's go. Thank you.
4: All right, Joe. I mean, I think you. I think you let what the Eagles are doing on defense dictate it to you, right? Like if they're showing run-heavy stop looks early, you throw it on the early downs. You know, quick throws. If they're, you know, have a light box, then you're running on early downs. I think, you know, the good thing about the last few weeks, Lance, the Giants showed that they can now have a multifaceted offense. That was the last question I asked Barkley in the post-game locker room after the game in Minnesota. Um, you know, what does it mean that, you know, the, you know, it was earlier in the year, for the Giants to be that good offensively to think Saquon would have only touched the ball 11 or 12 times it would have been unthinkable. Um, like, impossible that the Giants could have been that good offensive with him only touching the ball 12 times. Yet, both games against Minnesota, he only didn't touch it a ton, and the Giants go for 450 or 440 in both games, right? And I asked him, you know, what does it mean? He goes, look, we had an identity earlier in the year. We lost that identity. Teams figured it out. They countered it. Then we had to counter back, and now we've figured out now what we're doing a little bit differently. We're doing it better. And I think this is better because now you have two ways to attack rather than just one. So I think... You adjust based on what the
3: Eagles are showing you, what they're daring you to do, and then you try to punish them based on how they're playing their defense. Well, and the other thing is Barkley had five catches against Minnesota, and Daniel Jones, he just dumped it down to him, and hey, take the yardage. So, you know, that's another way to extend the run game against Philly. You know, let's see if those linebackers can tackle an open space if Barkley is out wide as a receiver. I think that's just as good because you mentioned the touches. It was really a balanced Saquon Barkley attack overall as an individual on an island. Nine carries, Five receptions. That would not be bad if the Giants duplicated those numbers. And then Daniel Jones, let's say he gets about maybe 11 or 12 runs. I would think that's a good recipe so that you expose the Eagles to both of those individuals. But as far as run to pass ratio, yeah, that's going to be dictated by the Eagles. You're not going to run the ball just for the sake of running the ball. However, I will say this. It's no coincidence that the Giants won yet another game where they had at least 30 run plays. That has continued that trend, mm, but yeah. it, has, it has carried out this season. I understand there were a few kneel downs. Yeah, there's okay? kneel downs no, in there, and there's scrambles but, too. Sure, sure, but the bottom line is 30 seems to be their magic number. And you would think, okay, well, you're getting to 30 because either you're playing a close game or you're playing with the lead, which clearly came into play against the Minnesota Vikings. That is the money number. When it's been in the 22 to 25 area or lower, it normally has not meant good things for the Giants. So I think the Giants, they understand that, and they want to get as high volume of runs as humanly possible, but that's going to be also dictated based on the third down situation, which, to get back to the question, you want to make sure that your level of efficiency on first and second down in this game is sky high because you do not want to face... Third and eights are longer against this Philadelphia team. You're playing right into the hands of the pass rush. That probably is going to determine the outcome of this game. Look at where the Giants are on third downs and the volume of third downs they face. Because if you remember, first two drives against the Minnesota Vikings, they scored touchdowns. Giants didn't face one third down in that game. Why? Because they were exceptional on first and second down. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three.
4: We have about two minutes. We have a hard out of one thirty today, so let's take our final call of the show and say hello to Nick in Texas. He's up next. Hey, Nick.
5: Hey, man. Um, hi, guys. Love your show. Uh, just quick question: What do you think will happen if, for whatever reason, we lose uh, Mike Kafka and Wink in the off season? What do you think they're going to be doing after that?
4: Panic. I think they're going <laughs> to Brian Day will strip down to his skivvies and run around the parking lot freaking out. <laughs> no, um, no, look, I, I think I think you figure it out. you know, i I, I think it's a little early for Kafka's his first go around. I said this last week. Usually it takes one or two go go-arounds, and then they kind of figure it out, right? And then the, usually that second or third go around, they get the job. Um I know they really like you know Shay Tierney, the quarterbacks coach here. They're a big fan yep. of his. I don't know if that's be, be a move they'd make. Um, I know they're very high on him. Uh, I know they love Jerome Henderson here as well and um, Drew Wilkins. Drew Wilkins, I was going to say, yeah. Who Wink, Wink has speaks. basically said oh, he, should be, highly, he should be okay. a coordinator. Yep. He said, look, if I don't get a job, someone should go hire him to be their D.C. You know what I mean? Well, Wink said so, that in his interview. Yeah, he yeah. said,
3: if you don't hire me, make sure you hire Drew Wilkins. Yeah, so yeah. I
4: think it would probably be <laughs> Drew if, if Wink leaves offensively. They might go out, out, out of house for that, too, for all I know. I don't know. I mean, there isn't really anywhere to know. But worry about the Eagles. we got plenty of time to worry about that after the week. From my understanding, is yeah.
3: no one's, based on reports, no one's interviewing this week. So we got some time to worry about that, Nick. I I would say this. I I think Dable coming from Buffalo, and you look at what Sean McDermott did, and I do think when assistants become head coaches, they're influenced by what their predecessors had done. What did Buffalo do when Dable left? They brought up Ken Dorsey. Mm -hmm. So I think Dable may see things in a similar fashion. Also, Bill Belichick he worked with for many years. What has Bill done? Bill is also promoted from within or he's brought back individuals that have previously worked for him, like a Bill O'Brien or somebody like that. So I would say, big picture, my response would be an internal promotion or somebody that's out there that Dable has crossed paths with, that he has a history with, that he'd be willing to bring into the fold. I think that's probably how he would tackle it.
5: Okay. So there's no chance that they could retain him, right? Like, he's free to go if he has to go.
3: Who, Who are you talking about retaining
5: For both for Wink or Matt?
3: There's a chance that both return, absolutely. I don't think there's anything guaranteed that they're both going to get head coaches. I mean, there's tons of candidates out there that are interviewing. All of them are not going to walk away with head coaching jobs.
5: Okay. All right, cool, man. Thanks, guys. Um, I live over here uh, close to Dallas, so it's it's really hard to even peek out with my Giants gear, but um, I'm repping every day, and and go Giants. All
4: right, appreciate the call, man, and thanks for joining with us today, folks, on Big Blue Kickoff Live. It was all presented by... Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved. Zero never tasted so good. And for Lance sure Metal. Take a I'm John Schmelk.
3: Cans right oh, there. Yeah, How about is. that? I mean, I I mean I got two more of that and, yeah. but, and 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 the hasn't drank him yet, which is the bigger miracle. That's tremendous. But I mean come on. Doesn't get any better than the product placement on this show. New and improved taste. Yeah. Says so it right there. Okay. There you go. I'm sorry. I held it wrong. I butchered yeah. it. You yeah. <laughs> you did. Your head was over the logo. There you go. It was uh, a mess. I was more interested in me looking at it. Your fires. Yes. All right.
4: Thanks, Pearson. Something Lance, tells me I'll be back I'm Friday. Yeah, sadly. Me yeah. and Lance will both be back with you on Friday. Uh, and tomorrow it'll be uh, Paul and Russ on um, Big Blue we'll Kickoff Live. We'll see you then, everyone. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes enter the kingdom in imax on may 10th and theaters everywhere get tickets now
0: awards watch says liam neeson is at his best don't miss in the land of saints and sinners